Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. In this episode, I will be talking with Aurea Williams and we are going to be discussing the fifth dimension. And I thought I would give you a little bit of an overview as to how many dimensions there are. Obviously, I'm not going to go into detail with all of them as this conversation is going to be about the fifth dimension. But I, I just have to clarify and say again, I say this most of my episodes, that it's so important for us to listen to so many different perspectives. And regardless of whether or not we believe someone's idea or opinion or concept is absolutely absurd it's so important to take the time out to understand that person even if you think you hate them <laughs> you think that the information that they're providing is misleading i personally think it's necessary for me if i didn't agree with what someone said or if i think that they are completely inaccurate to take the time out to understand why they believe in what they believe in. And maybe there's people out there that think that's a waste of time and effort, but if somebody wants to improve themselves, if someone wants to raise a level of awareness and consciousness, it's so important to understand someone else's perspective. And you don't have to agree with it in the end, but just have an understanding of their emotions and learning so much more about how you feel and and controlling your emotions as well and it sounds really quite woo-woo to someone that may not understand what I'm talking about but when I've met somebody that I didn't quite understand or I felt that there was a bit of energy there that was giving me bad vibes it was necessary for me to understand why I felt that way and once you understand it you know how to work with it I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> However, I do feel as if that is quite an essential part to understanding the fifth dimension and reaching higher than that. So science has come to the understanding that there is actually 11 dimensions. But in the spiritual world, <laughs> there is way more than that. So from what we understand, there is 12 dimensions and when we eventually as a, a unity as one as the the world comes together and their minds reach a level of high consciousness the dimensions will actually go higher for us so i'm not 100 percent sure i'm not that knowledgeable in whether or not these dimensions already exist or whether or not we have to reach a certain level of intuition and knowledge for these dimensions to become real. I think it's an amalgamation of all of that. And this is just my opinion, my perspective. I'm not a scientist. I'm not somebody that, uh, I mean, I've, I feel I've had esoteric experiences with astral travel and my dream time experiences, but I, I have a feeling that it's all connected into one. So we, we kind of have to expand our minds to reach these next levels and then they become real 
And um, anyway, I thought I would just run through the 12 dimensions. So we're pretty much all we're pretty much familiar with the first, second and third dimension, I'd have to say. I don't really feel like I need to go into detail with that, but when we think of the third dimension, it's physical reality. So that's the domain of space and time. So this is our identity. This is uh, this is where I feel as if people get stuck. Anybody that's stuck with identity issues, they're still in the third dimension. And I hope people don't take that the wrong way. Uh, I, I do feel as if uh, identity is ego. And that is something that people really need to work on if they are stuck in an identity crisis at the moment, possibly um, needing to prove who they are as a being. I I do believe it's the third dimension uh, and, I, and there's probably going to be people that are offended at that and I'm sorry, but that's the truth. We all have identity issues and it's something that we have to overcome to get past the third dimension. So when I think of identity, there's a lot of work that people need to do in the third dimension when it comes to identity. This is where ego comes into play, where we need to determine bad ego from good ego. So good ego would be passion, drive. It's striving to achieve. Where our negative ego would be, this is who I want to be and I want this kind of appearance and I want people to perceive me this way because society tells me that it looks good and so I want a nice car and the best house and this is the type of person that I date and this is your bad ego. <laughs> this is the worst ego you could possibly have. So I'm not saying that people that are very successful or have good looking partners or have a lot of money have bad ego. Some people have an awareness of what good and bad ego is and then eventually they manifest it for themselves and you can usually tell those types of people from the people that are just consumed with bad ego and they're just not happy you can always tell when someone has bad ego when they have everything and they're just not happy so i just want to define that because you know being driven and following your passion can always lead to success and earning a lot of money and eventually happiness and I, I feel as if it's identity is when we need to embrace our sacred divinity and that's when we actually honor the divine feminine as well as the masculine that resides within you because regardless if you're a male or female we all have masculine and feminine within us and these are not stereotypical versions of what it means to be a female or a male. So the divine feminine incorporates aspects of conditional love, compassion and gentleness, but these are also qualities of the divine masculine as well. So having expanded our intelligence and consciousness, human beings are no longer critical to being survivalists. We have evolved and adapted as a collective group so with growing intelligence and awareness human beings regardless of their gender can actually achieve these divine qualities men are able to embrace these inner gentler qualities and women 
outward qualities of strength. And I think we're seeing that a lot as we've moved into the fifth dimension. And I feel as if there needs to be a bit more of an equilibrium, but I feel as if every the people, the key players that are putting an imprint in the frequency, I think if you're following uh, my understanding or if you have any sort of resonance with what I'm saying, you probably know the people that I'm talking about. It's so important that those people are playing the roles that they're playing right now. And we will eventually know why in the future. So whenever someone's labeled something negatively in the public eye, it's so important to pay attention to those people because they play a huge role in changing the the paradigm shift, the dimension that we are all trying to reach to get together. So uh, look out for those people. As I was saying, I, I currently feel that there's this distortion of divine feminine and masculine and a lot of people are probably feeling highly analytical or overly emotional and this is the time that we need to address those issues that are weighing you down and imbalancing those energies so a lot of these people that are struggling at the moment they're having these disconnections with masculine and feminine and it's just confusing them at the moment so it's so important to remember that the third dimension can cause a lot of confusion because people are seeing things physically identity is such a physical thing it's such a visual thing um, i don't want to get stuck too much on this i can ramble on a little bit too much so i'm going to try and tune out a little bit and keep talking more about the next dimension which is the fourth dimension the fourth dimension would be our spiritual and this is probably the one that i kind of felt like i I jumped to and I think everybody's at different levels in life. Some people are, are already at fifth dimension. There's others that are probably already at seventh dimension. I've always felt as if I was straight into the fourth and I say that because I always felt as if I was in the astral world, not when I'm in reality, so the three dimensional, but my dream time. I've, I've always felt as if my imagination has always just has been so creative that I could just shut my eyes and meditate and go straight into another dimension. So that that could all just be in my mindset, regardless of whether or not it is just in my mindset. It's the fact that it's for me, it's true. So it's real. So for someone else, it might sound crazy, but for me, I've not had an issue with it. So from a very, very young age, been able to dream very well, have ex these uh, intense dreams where it can feel quite physical. I love it. I love it. Even, even the dreams that someone might think is very haunting or scary or a nightmare, I actually never really see it as that. I, I, um, I've never been afraid. I, uh, I would say that the fourth is the, the spiritual. So it's when mind, body and spirit comes together. And this is where many worlds can become your reality. So I also see it as spiritual evolution. So this is where expansion goes together with spiritual evolution. Without this process of expansion, one cannot evolve spiritually. Many people are becoming... Uh, spiritual or maybe 
they already are but they don't like the term spiritual but when you think about it spiritual is mind body and spirit you don't necessarily have to believe in angels or being a star seed or anything like that it is mind body and spirit so with this you're also expanding the heart and the mind which allows you to live more of a wholesome and loving life with compassion tolerance and acceptance and there's no denying that learning through life experiences good or bad it encourages our soul to grow on a positive level which is why it's so important to experience as much as we possibly can not hide in a little box and you know, sit behind a tv and watch your netflix or whatever program you're addicted to it's so important to have as many experiences as you can so traveling is such an important thing um, i've always encouraged traveling it's the best way to expand your mind and then we reach the fifth dimension which i believe is awareness so this is our mental state i also think it's our intuition it's our third eye i i feel as if i know that there's a lot of people that are probably saying no 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 it's the seventh dimension that does that but i actually think personally the fifth is much larger than what we believe it to be and this is why it's so important to open our minds to intuition because this is how we expand and, be, and become better people this is also where we learn to channel and trust the messages that we're receiving not knowing how to interpret these vibes can lead to confusion as well so so think about the times when you felt or heard or you just know about events or insights about other places and and other people you just have those gut feelings that your primary mechanism for this natural base instinct is just correct in in how you feel and it, and it might feel daunting at first but if you open your intuition you can learn to channel it and interpret it in the right way so being opened and trusting is the the start to it so meditation visualization connecting with your higher self your guides you can significantly increase your sensory perceptions and the accuracy of the visions so i must admit i've done a lot of meditation and as i've said i've done a lot of astral dreaming and <clears throat> there has been experiences where i've gone well that's just that's demonic or hell no what just happened just then and being able to confront entities or uh, challenge them is is such an important thing to do especially if you dream about a particular situation it's so important to challenge the the um, dark shadow let's call it that that is in coming into your dream so i've i've had experiences in that not so much anymore i feel as if i've got it pretty well in, in, under control but there are always going to be i feel as if there's always going to be some sort of situation where something might happen and i i think it's necessary to have those experiences um to understand your shadow aspects or to just understand emotions and the way that you feel because you're obviously channeling particular energies into your dreams for example or into your life 
I don't necessarily think that they, they, these entities are being channeled into my life, but in the dimension, the fourth dimension is where I channel them. And so I feel as if I kind of tackle them, <laughs> you know, uh, I go into battle with them in the astral world. And I'm happy with that. I feel I feel quite powerful in the astral world as opposed to being in, in the dimension that we're, we're currently in. So um, I'm quite excited for when my actual physical self in this reality reaches those dimensions, if that makes sense. So uh, anyway, um, I'm not going to get too much into this world because I feel like we're, we're probably digressing from the fifth dimension. So um, let's try and save <laughs> that for another conversation. But anyway, um, have I actually gone off page? Have I actually gone off page from what I was trying to get at? So what have we gone through? We've got the, the, the first dimension, unconsciousness. Second would be subconsciousness. We've got the third, which is the physical and etherical. So when I say etherical, I mean that to be the energy body. So, and the, and the physical is obviously the polarity of consciousness. And so then we reach astral and then we go to the, the mental state of the fifth. So that's our awareness. That is the dimension that I believe that we are currently in now and still progressing. I believe our momentum of this universal solvent needs to to come together more and bind us together for us to reach the fifth dimension and as you'll hear in the conversation we do talk about how particular moments in time have moved us into this new paradigm shift of the fifth dimension which we will get further into but above from the the fifth dimension we also have the cosmic mind which is the sixth dimension from the seventh eighth and ninth is pretty much all related to the archangels and the Elohim. And I, there's probably a lot of people out there that, that think that's absurd because of um, some people believe that the angels are, are, were cast out of heaven and, and it, it go, it's you go down a rabbit hole. But anyway, let's just stick to the basics <laughs> of what I'm trying to describe right now. So... Um, this is this is where the, the council is. I'm gonna say it's the council. It's where we also have the intergalactic council as well. You've probably heard that in some of my past episodes, where people have brought up the intergalactic councils and star seeds and and all sorts. So this is where there are a lot of beings. There are a lot of entities that. Uh, or aliens if you want to call them that it's something that you just don't quite understand and this is um, pretty much uh, a place where I think the very open-minded need to be <laughs> the 11th dimension is universal plan so this is where we have uh, again we have a higher level of spirit and archangels and then above that we have the source of it all so we have the god the creator 
and it's the the pure consciousness of light so this is nirvana this is what the the buddhas call nirvana so that's just a brief overview of the dimensions and like i said i actually think there's more than 12. i think that there is actually over 100 dimensions even more than that but let's just stick to over 100. Uh, <laughs> so it's an exciting time to be learning about dimensions and discovering so much about dimensions and, and we are now in the fifth dimension so now i will play the conversation with oriel williams i hope you enjoy this one and yeah hope you stay tuned for another episode Joining me from Cincinnati, Ohio is Oriel Williams, author of the book 5D Ordinary Descriptions of an Extraordinary Shift and 5D Here Now Moonflow. Oriel is a coach and a public speaker. She's also knowledgeable in intuitive guide imagery, deep space astrology, metaphysics, holistic mysticism, and she's an expert in understanding the collective shift into the fifth dimension consciousness. So I'm extremely excited to be talking to you today. Thank you so much for reaching out. I really do appreciate it. And could you please share with the listeners how you came to be captivated or fascinated in this understanding of astrophysics, quantum shifts, and and all of the above? Absolutely, Esther Clare. I'm thrilled to be here. The, uh, The name of your podcast, 963 Frequency, is the frequency of unconditional love. And that is the heart of 5D consciousness, is unconditional love. And I I got into it very early in my life. I was always spiritually oriented, like that fire of spirit from a very young age. And uh, then at 18, I left the religion of my birth, of my family, and I found Eastern religions, metaphysical religions. I found astrology and I have just followed that path since then, you know, and it keeps, it keeps bringing me in deeper and keeps unfolding more understanding and more source for my life. I'm a baby boomer. So I'm of that generation. And I, I left, uh, I left my religion of origin of my family at 18. So I've been, it's like six decades, you know, five, six decades that I've been on this path. So what are we talking about here when we say fifth dimension? Most people have the understanding of the world as three-dimensional, being that of space, which consists of length, width, and depth, and the dimension of time. So from a science perspective, fundamentally, I suppose they would say the fifth dimension is the dimension that cannot be seen. Yeah. It cannot be observed. Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Fifth dimension expands expands into the infinite of of intuition and living from the heart of be you know of of that seamless connection with nature and the cosmos where we are informed constantly if we just slow down and allow the information to come in and let go of living through the mind and start to feel what we know is true and what is our path. 
And it's, uh, you know, like I said about your podcast, it's that 963 frequency of unconditional love. It's a high, high vibration of connecting spirit with matter, heaven and earth. And I talk about the fifth dimension. There's, but many teachers, many thought leaders talk about it. It's the same thing, but they use a different language. For for instance, Echo Toll, who brought us that brilliant work about be, the presence of now, being in the now, uh, he talks about it as a new earth. I think Dolores Cannon, who is now deceased, but she's got a great body of work and a community that carries on in her name and her work. And she talks about it as a new earth. And Greg Braden, I'm not sure how he talks about it, how he names it, but he's talking about the same thing. So, so it's this quantum leap of change and how I came to it, Esther Claire, I mean, I'm, so so my introduction to it was in the 60s with that song the the um by the group called the fifth dimension and they sang the age of aquarius the dawning of the age of aquarius and i'm my sun sign is aquarius so i i understand that frequency that vibration of aquarian energy of future forward and humanitarian and collective so there was a, when when I heard that song, I felt it in my blood and bones. I just knew that we were coming into a new age. And as an astrologer, I know that it's it's not just that we're changing dimensions. We're also moving into a a new age, which is a um a what's called a great year. These are periods of time of over 26,000 years. Like we had the age of Pisces, they go backward. So we just came from the age of Pisces and that was, that was symbolized by Christ and the fishes. And now we have the age of Aquarius and um, St. Germain and the violet flame are, are helping us with the age of Aquarius. So it's really those of us who are living now are at this threshold of a combination or, or an integration of a change of age and a quantum leap in dimension. From, from hearing that song in, this, in the 60s and that, that imprint happened, I, you know, and by soon after that, I was on my own searching exploring religions and i i connected to community and in 1987 i was in a spiritual community a, a buddhist a tibetan buddhist community i was living in rochester new york and our group was part of the collective celebration of the what's called the harmonic convergence and this came about from Jose Argrilis, who years before the internet, he gathered a global community to celebrate our shift into this new consciousness, our move into this new way of being. And Esther Claire, I cannot stress enough. I mean, words fail how big a leap this is. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ground has just been 
dissolved underneath us. We're in whole new way of being. And we've got one foot in the old way and another foot in the new way. And it's, it's just, in, it's, it's major. And people, I, I think if people can understand what's happening then they can they can ha have less pressure on themselves because it's it's a global cosmic thing it's not just to them what would be some examples of the fifth dimensional paradigm shifts are these concepts a progressive movement similar to a domino effect that gradually connects the frequency or is it a sudden change Yes, yes. And this is what I, I talk about in my book, because, and that's exactly why I wrote the book, because they are, they're changes that have been happening over the past four or five decades and recently, and they all connect to this quantum leap in consciousness to a fifth dimensional awareness. And so what we'll start with with the first one that I'm aware of, and that was in the 1960s, men, men started to take part in the birthing of their children. Before that time, in the 40s and 50s, and way before that time, men didn't go near the delivery room. So they right. weren't even, really, they weren't even allowed in it. It was... It was horrible. And so in the 60s, men started to be in the delivery room. They started to participate in the birth, like they would often catch the baby or they would, you know, they would be support for their wife while she, or the woman while she was giving birth. And they, then they started to change diapers. They started to feed the babies. They started to be involved in playing with the babies and in disciplining the babies. They started to become a fuller partner in the family, you know, and more involved. Mm -hmm. So, so the line between masculine and feminine started to dissolve. Mm -hmm. So that's the sixties. And then we go all the way till now and we see the gender fluidity that we have in modern life. It's like people who are trans are on covers of magazines. They're, they have starring roles in mainstream TV shows. There's a full integration of full. I mean, I know there's suffering. I know there's bias and there's, there's horrible unfairness, but, but there has been a, an incredible shift where, you know, um, gay marriage is accepted. I mean, I know that's volatile from, you know, it's threatened, but, but gay marriage happens. Uh, men kiss men on TV, women kiss women and, and transgender people are in the mainstream. So we see that's one way that the fifth dimension ha is showing up in our life from this, strict divide between masculine and feminine into a full integration of gender fluidity. That's one way. Now, another way, which is quite powerful is power to the people. And in it, it, it was a worldwide movement, but it really happened in New York in, in the United States. And it was Occupy Wall Street. And it was in 1999 and many people feel that wasn't a successful movement, but it was very successful because it showed the way for Black Lives Matter, 
for um, Me Too movement. I mean, it planted seeds of how to do this. And so the hierarchy is dissolving. And we we have people who are taking their own power. You know, we have cameras. We have phones on cameras where the murder of George Floyd was recorded. And that's what got the the uh, conviction you know of of the police so so it's power to the people people are 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 claiming their sovereignty and another way that this comes up is is the shift in healthcare where people challenge their doctors people want to be a full partner in their healthcare there's they're saying wait a minute i want to research this or i want second and third and fourth opinions, or I, you know, I want to talk to my family about this. It's like, we're not accepting an, an authority. We're, we're saying we're the authority we get to choose. So, so it's power to the people. And, and then with that kind of connected to that is how all of these hidden truths are revealed you know, the more people are talking to one another and the more that there's power within the, the masses, there's more secrets that are revealed. And we, we're seeing that a lot in, in the news. I won't go into those examples, but they're everywhere in the news where people, where lies are, lies are being revealed. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, um, the, I mentioned sovereignty before. Sovereignty is another area of of fifth dimension. And it's really our minds, at least my mind, can't grasp it of how we live our personal sovereignty. And we also include everybody else. Now, in the third dimension or in mental thought about that, it's like, how is that possible? But it's really happening. We're living our sovereignty. We're, We're, you know, the queen died and with that the archetype of of just one sovereign being or one i mean many countries have have monarchies but this was a main one that that just spread throughout the world she she was in her reign was 70 years so that's a deep imprint in the consciousness and with her passing we have we're aware that we have our own crown you know we we are kings and queens of our own life so so this sovereignty is another another way that 5d is showing up and and i mentioned how we include other people it's 5d is very inclusive like everybody has a a voice everybody has a part everybody belongs and we're learning how to do that now and we see that as we're we're becoming more aware that man cannot dominate nature i mean the floods that we've had in the United States, the worst in 500 years. And, you know, people are invited to connect what we've, what we've done to the earth to the response of the earth. Do you know what I mean? So the industrial revolution, the late 1800s, those barons, you know, those, those, um, robber barons we'll call them they they tried they tried to make 
humanity like a machine like you worked in a factory and you your body was a machine you're you you know and we're seeing that is not how we can live we can that's not sustainable and with that they try to dominate nature and we see clearly that is not working you know so so taking back our sovereignty taking back our partnership our co-creative partnership with the earth there's if you look online on on the social media platforms you'll see animals who never got along with one another who are playing together and helping one another i mean these are all signs and symptoms of a shift in consciousness that's taking us out of 3d duality us versus them and competition into this frequency of unconditional love now that i look back at what i've learned from our history paradigm shifts are not a new thing obviously you know this this field that connects us at the source of our thoughts it it dates back throughout history absolutely uh, absolutely you think of albert einstein revolutionizing physics quantum mechanics uh, relativity isaac newton evolution exactly know, the, for example the uprise of women's independence the suffragettes women's right to vote you know that those were the, the true feminists from 1913 that really paved the way to to change democracy and undoubtedly technology and so when we look back at all of these things obviously for for a paradigm shift to take place to have some sort of force behind it the people need to be questioning and being in tune with their thoughts and emotions they need to have some knowledge behind everything that's happening um, but I, I suppose when we start to think about the relationship between the body and the mind how do we become in tune with a paradigm shift are we paying attention to our heart or our intuition are they the same thing how do we know the difference how do we know what we're following is is making a, a positive impact to every everyone around us well i i i feel like heart is intuition i yeah. I, I feel like heart is intuition um i it's a practice i've the marker or the or the determiner for me esther claire is is it working you know if you follow what was prescribed what you were conditioned by what you grew up with if that's working for you then continue it mm -hmm. but if it's not working for you realize you can you a person can realize that since the beginning of time we have always evolved i mean we you the human beings evolve you know we've come so far from the neanderthal and the first human we keep evolving i think it helps to have a, a big view a long view and you know a historical perspective of how much we have actually changed mm -hmm. and so that it's a it's a practice of of letting go of mind 
letting go of mind and dropping down into the heart. And I think it, it, it goes by what does a person want? I mean, we're all equipped. We're all equipped with this. There's a, there's a saying and it comes from, um, I, I, I forget who it is, but he, it, it, it's old, like maybe the late 1800s. And he said, we are, we are human being, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so it depends on what is, you know, how is a person programmed? What do they want with their life? What is the goal? What motivates them? You know, do they, do they feel that they have a responsibility to use their gifts in this life, to bring them forward, to contribute what is theirs, what is uniquely theirs to give? If that's what's driving the person, then they're going to sort out that I have to go by feeling. I have, you know, that's the, that's the only indicator that's true for me. Uh, do you know what I mean? And if, if they're, I, I this is not a judgment, but it's the only word I can think of. If they're robotic, if they're just like fulfilling space, then they're, you know, accepting the old programming is okay. They, you know, who wants to be disappointed? Nobody. I don't think anybody really wants to be disappointed. And we have to take responsibility. With that sovereignty I mentioned before, it's it's taking responsibility for your own life. It's ta it's standing in the power of your beingness, which is light and life and love. You know, it's more than a physical body. It, we're soul infused, we're spirit infused. So it's, you know, it's like, how, how do they find peace? How are they comfortable in their life? I think those kinds of questions have to be asked. And then it helps if they have some kind of sturdy support to hold their hand during the dark times. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it's scary, but we've all had dark nights of the soul many times through a lifetime. Do you know where, where what's the anchor is our soul, our heart, our purpose for being here. How do you, how does that sit with you? Yeah. I've always believed that we have a shadow aspect and it's different for everyone. Someone could have, for example, shallowness, detachment, Absolutely. stagnation, pride, Absolutely. cynicism. And you need to have this darkness to understand the light. So when you become more in tune with your own shadow complex, Absolutely. you connect or polarize with its duality. For example, someone that sees that the future looks bleak, they can then see the future holds opportunity or someone that's passive then becomes active and puts forth the effort. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge for a lot of people is that it takes work, takes a lot of effort and energy to work through your shadows, your shadow aspects and reach the the duality of it, you know, um and and I, and I believe that is the purpose of it being such a challenge is right. that it makes it worthwhile. You know, it's it's not easy to see the positive. Um, I think when you're first starting out, obviously when you when you get to that point of 
of positivity and manifesting and the universe working with you, then you know, you you're on your way. But absolutely even saying that, absolutely, there's a force that will just want to throw something at you just to make sure that you're still on guard and that you're you're uh, you're not getting too slack. <laughs> I personally think I think um, there might be an obstacle that we have to come up against and that's all to just change ourselves for the better. I don't think any negative obstacle or act or environment is designed to to kill you or to, to spread fear. I think fear is something that needs to be faced and and not not fear it um so even with COVID I felt very trapped in Australia because I love to travel overseas and I felt as if I was just stuck for me I would did go through that that negativity of feeling locked up and not having a choice and my free will being taken away from me. And then I started to realize yes. that I I was in this environment that was necessary for me to become a better person. Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking of mentally because I then began to think, well, then now I've got opportunity to to study and work on the things that I'm actually interested in. I got into fitness more. I changed my diet. Yes. I traveled my own state. So I was getting out into getting into out into the environment and really embracing living out into nature. Um, yeah. And, and there were so many bad things that were happening. I think about Melbourne, Melbourne was hit pretty bad with, yes. with their restrictions and the protests that were happening over there. There was even an earthquake that happened in Melbourne during the protests. There hasn't been a earthquake in Melbourne for for years. I don't even know when there was an earthquake. So I just thought to myself, "Wow, the the energy, the frequency of 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 everybody's thoughts and feelings and uh, had just caused an earthquake in Melbourne." You believe what you want, but that's it's incredible that that happened. So. Yeah, I, I suppose from from everything that I've learned is what was more important to me, and um, the connection between people. I think not just with family, but just with with random people, people that you you don't even know that you come across, and having a level of respect for them. I don't really like to use the word civilized, but I think there's a lot more respect for people. Yes. So from people suffering from anxiety and having suppression, um, people losing their jobs and not feeling as if they have free will to make the decision to get the vaccine or not get the vaccine, eventually there has become a sense of camaraderie. I feel as if it's growing stronger. There's a, an equilibrium that is taking place and regardless of whether or not you're well informed or misinformed about COVID and the vaccine and the truth behind it all people are hearing others perspectives and taking it into consideration which is necessary for a positive paradigm shift absolutely it makes it makes perfect sense it uh, yes my heart 
my heart vibrates in resonance. Absolutely. Um, well, I love what you said about the shift since COVID because we did have to take a pause and that exactly what you describe is, is my experience too. And it's more than that people thought about it differently. They felt about it differently. They, they could see that the other person was in the same boat as them. I mean, it was a great equalizer because we were all in the same boat, you know? And then what you said about the, the shadow part, absolutely. That everything that happens to us is a gift. It, you know, we might not see it at the time. We might be really upset and feel like it's terrible, but it's a gift for us to grow and work through. There's an opportunity for them to to grow beyond that. And that experience will help them in their own life. And, and it's probably part of their gift to other people, you know, to transcend those super challenges. Absolutely. I wanted to also ask you about the planets the dwarf planets and, oh, yes. and how that's all connected yes. because we can have oh. some understanding as to what it is on the planet. But I, I, I'd really yes. like to know the connection that we have with the other planets in terms of the, the 5D perspective. Oh, so. Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking this question, Esther Claire. It is my favorite part of of sharing information so so we have we have the you know the um the planets that we've known for a really long time we have mercury venus mars jupiter we have saturn uranus neptune pluto we have known these planets for for a really long time and since 2000 these new planets and deeper parts of space have been discovered. And what they're doing is helping us raise our consciousness. It's, it's, it is so profound. I mean, they're not astrologers and myself included. We're, we're just beginning to grapple with understanding what they are and what they do and how they can help us. So, so, I'll I'll just talk about a few. There's about 10, 10 or 12 of them and more are discovered all the time. And some of them don't even have names yet. They're, they have numbers and uh, uh, astrologers who are great at researching are, are doing incredible work at looking at these planets and seeing how they show up in people's charts. And I, I, um, I, I've taken, um, classes I've I've completed I mean the training is always ongoing but I've I've got the certificate training from somebody in in New Zealand Alan Clay who has Dwarf Planet University and so he's he's one of the leaders Philip Sedwick is a leading galactic astrologer um Sue Kintz she's got a a, um, a site called More Plutos so there's a t there's work that's happening and it's very exciting to me because because these are these planets are actually raising our consciousness they're 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 located in the deepest part of space so first of all they're expanding our reach 
You know, it's like, it's like we have a circle, we have, you know, we have our immediate family, we we go into our, our um, chosen family, we go into our work family, we go into our community, we go into our city, we go into our state and our country. Well, we are expanding into the deepest part of space. And like your 963 name of your podcast this is high vibrational stuff and the planets interact with us they interact with us so so i'll just name a few of them so we have sedna which is s-e-d-n-a and she all of these all of these um planets are named for creation gods through different myths and so she's a a, a water creation god and and she she is she represents our destiny so if you can see where sedna is in your chart and sedna has sedna has a um an orbit of like i think it's 1100 years you know our our one year is 360 degree degrees her sedna's orbit is like 1100 years so really slow moving, we, you know, the, the cosmic energy is deeply, deeply imprinted within us to really get it, to get Sedna's mission. So, so her, she shows us our destiny and I can look at a birth chart and where, where Sedna is and how Sedna is related to the other planets in the chart to figure out what is a person's destiny or how, how they can understand their destiny. Another one of these deep space planets is Varuna. And she, that's just the eye of God. And so, so with that, Varuna helps us to see our spirituality, to help us know our spirituality there's another one called Gong Gong, G-O-N-G, G-O-N-G, and that helps us connect emotionally to another person. It gives the gift of, of feeling connected with emotion, connected with communication, connected with interrelationship. I mean, these there's so many of them. And what I like to do, what I love to do, is we do a reading, and then in the second session, we do a guided imagery and we'll we'll do a relaxation like head to toe or toe to head whatever the the moment tells us where the person relaxes fully and the deeper a person is relaxed the more they get the information and then we'll go out and visit these deep space planets that are prominent in their birth chart and will the person I'll help the person have a dialogue with that planet and and ask what is the message in their life you know how how can that planet inform that person to what is the gift what is the opportunity maybe what is the challenge what information does that planet have and this work is based on the premise esther claire that we live in a bi-directional universe we live in an interactive universe and even though these planets like sedna has a, a, a hundred a 1100 year orbit these other planets have like a 500 a 600 year orbit slow moving slow moving 
So, so the message is deep within and there is like, like we talk to our pets, you know, our pets do not speak English, but we have a heart to heart connection with our pets, our, our domestic pets. We have many people talk to their plants, you know, if they, if they ha are, are oriented to having a lot of plants, they're going to communicate with them. And we know that talking to plants helps them grow, you know? And so, and we know that, and science tells us that trees communicate, they have a network of communication among themselves, you know? So it's the same thing with these planets, their bodies in deep space, they are no different mm -hmm. from us. They are no different from us. I In the 80s, I carried a, a newspaper clipping. That's when we had newspapers. <laughs> I had a new, <laughs> newspaper clipping that I kept in my wallet. And it said, you are made of stardust. And I think it was Car Carl, Carl, Carl Sagan who said that. And many other scientists say that we come from the stars. We are made of stardust. So these planets are our mm -hmm. kin you know, no matter how far out there. And so it's like we're finding all of these distant relatives who can help mm -hmm. us if we only know about them and pay attention to what they want us to know. It's it's exhilarating. Wow, that's awesome. I watched a documentary called Fireball. It's basically about meteorites and the connection from a, a cultural, spiritual and scientific level. Anyway, I found it fascinating because there are actually these scientists or I'm, I'm not, I can't recall what they were referred to in the documentary, but what they would do is collect these micro meteorites so these extraterrestrial particles or stardust as which you referred it to from rooftops so from high buildings from gutters and that's because around 60 to 70 tons of cosmic dust falls over the earth every day and what they were proving is that that cliche that we are Yes. 90% stardust. <laughs> they're, they're proving that that is actually accurate, that we are actually 100, 100% from exactly. made from stardust, that we have the exact same elements. So anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. We were talking exactly. about the dwarf planets. Yes, yes. And so they're, they're officially called dwarf planets, but I and some other astrologers call them 5d planets because they're coming into our consciousness consciousness now when we're in the fifth dimension and we're going deeper into the fifth dimension and they're here to help us live the fifth dimension and so when were these dwarf planets discovered was it is it a recent discovery or or does this finding go way back no they're the these planets are are discovered since the year 2000. So okay. since the year 2000, and they yep. keep being discovered, you know, they keep mm. finding you know, more. They, yeah, well, exactly. I think, I think from our understanding, we've always thought we've had 12 constellations, but there's something ridiculous like 88 is how many constellations they're 
exactly. aware of. So I, exactly. I often wonder how much information do we actually know? We need to really know the the 12 or maybe 13 because they found a fucus, I believe, and that, there was a bit of a debate as to whether or not that should be part of our new right. chart. Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel I, I want to get yeah. into astrology just so I can have this understanding. Oh, of this absolutely. It's, it's <laughs> thrilling. You were mentioning you, at the beginning, you mentioned Canon with regards to planets because she was a, a profound believer in, in planets and in terms of star seeds. And absolutely. She, she believed in that concept. Is, is that, is she one of your influences? Would you say that she, um, she hasn't, she hasn't, I'm aware of her and I follow her posts on, on Facebook, but I haven't studied. I mean, she's since deceased and thank goodness her, she's on those YouTube videos. She hasn't been one of, one of my, um, my people, uh, but I do pay attention to what she says. I think it's really important, but star seeds is definitely a real thing you know we there are some people online and you can i don't know their names but you can look for them who can help you figure out where you've come from what star seed you are uh, it's fascinating mm-hmm. it's i just so you had mentioned the imagery guided imagery and how you yes. take that person to that particular planet and yes is it because they connect to it because they are from there or because of a the energy, the consciousness field that connects them to that planet? Well, they it, it's they could be um the, the star seeds come from from more of a constellation than from a planet. So they're not not necessarily coming from one of those planets. But for instance, for instance, Sedna might be connect conjunct that means in the same place as their moon in their birth chart or varuna might be conjunct their sun or gong gong might be connect conjunct their mercury or or um in in a there's 12 houses in the wheel of the zodiac and they're all represent a, a different activity and gong gong might be in a house that explains it's it's um it's work in your life, you know, um, I'll give you an example. If somebody's, if somebody's got gong gong in the seventh house, that's relationships, they can be in very empathetic with other people. They can, they can just feel right away what the other person feels. I mean, there's all these different ways. So, so in the guided imagery, we go to the planets, the deep space planets that have significant meaning for the person as they as those planets show up in their birth chart. I mean we can we can visit anyone that any person wants to visit, but we really want to get information. I mean these are these are kind of like mining excavations or mm-hmm. you know um field trip research field trip things <laughs> outings <laughs> where we're where we're going to gather we're going to make a connection you know, to, to, for the person to meet that planet kind of heart to heart, you know, face to face, if you will, and then establish a connection with that planet where, where every day in their life they can connect. 
in a real living way with that planet. And then, then we ask, you know, I'll, I'll do a guided imagery and I'm guided by the intuition that I feel coming from the planet, coming from the person. It's what's in the field, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so I'll, I'll ask questions, you know, really open-ended questions so that the person can get information you know, so in a way, what? sorry, no, I was just saying, in a way, is it a hypnosis that you're it's doing? Not a, no, it's not a hypnosis because I'm not a hypnotherapist. I've never studied hypnotherapy. I I don't know how that works. I mean, Dolores Cannon, I think her people that are following her, her active community now, I think they're hypnotherapists or she did hypnotherapy. I'm not sure. This is, this is simply guided imagery based on intuition, based on heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a really strong sense of intuition. I have a really powerful connection with deep space. There are points in deep space that are just like home to me. You know, so so I'm very comfortable there, and you know we we just journey out there, and and then the person gathers information, and it's not hypnotherapy because the person is in full control always. I mean, I'm sure that's the same with hypnotherapy too. I I don't really know, maybe not, but it's it's a it's a living communication between the person's intuition, the person's higher self, the person's heart, you know, the, the person's inner wisdom, basically. So so it's it's not hypnosis because the person is in control always. The person can stop it at any time. The purpose of it is for the person. My, I feel like there's nothing that I can tell somebody that they do not already know. My job is to help the person realize that they know mm -hmm. and help them like hold their hand while they explore how they can know or how, you know, how to get this information. So it's basically, basically a very sacred, tender journey where the person is connected in their heart they're first of all they're relaxed they're connected to their to their inner wisdom and then they reach out to the energy of that planet and the experience Esther Claire is an experience I can't speak for every client but the majority they share that it's an experience of love of feeling love and being loved and it's an empowering experience where they know they know, mm -hmm. where they know that they can know. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, what kinds of people do you find uh, requiring that type of of healing? Yes, it. Uh, I'll have to admit that it's really challenging to find my my market because not everybody is aware of the the benefits or the gift of astrology. So, um, but but the my the current clients I have and the you know the ones that come to me are wanting to know more about their place in the world. They're basically people who have read my I I want write a weekly blog post and I I write it 
in generic language i don't talk about astrology but they they feel the heart coming through my writing they feel <laughs> the heart energy coming through my writing and so they they um they feel that coming through my writing and they will be curious and want to know um they're they're i would say you know anywhere from 40 to 60 70 and they're just curious about how they connect with the stars they're very curious about how they can live more in the fifth dimensional consciousness i often find does anyone else kind of think that way when you go you question you know what is what's happening here what what is my purpose i'm sure everybody thinks what is my purpose but I, I have noticed quite a few more people are questioning their status in the world. And I don't mean that from a perspective of financial, um, although that is a bit of an issue for people um, quite recently. But, yeah, there just seems to be a lot of questioning as to their role, the part that they play in this new fifth dimension. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's just so many more people that are interested in that type of field and, and having more awareness. Yes. So what would be some of the struggles that a person could have in this new dimension? The, where they feel confusion in their life or they, they feel like they're, they're doubting and they don't want to, you know, where they, where they feel like um, they need, they need information beyond their usual sources of information. They want to reach out Um in a safe way to expand their their learning they 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 kind of want to up their game uh, do you know what i mean they're they're frustrated they're not they're, they're doing their best and they're not happy or they're not content you know mm -hmm. they have re relationship challenges and they're they don't want to continue in a relationship anymore but they're not sure oh. how yep. to remove themselves from it um you know, work, work challenges, you mentioned that, and there's a thing called the great resignation. It came after COVID where people left their jobs and it's a worldwide movement. And what it, it is very much a part of 5D because we have to have meaning in our life. We must, I mean, that's, that's just part of of living now we have to it has to be aligned what we do has to be aligned with who we are and what we have to give and so people come to me to kind of explore what that alignment might look like and the birth chart can tell people mm -hmm. you know you're gifted in this way and I tell them things that they already know it's just they've they've lost sight of it or they they kind of doubted it and you know they they didn't want to trust it i will give you an example from my personal life so i you know i have a business plan and my one of my really strong skill sets is guided imagery but just like astrology people do not know what guided imagery is or what it can do for you and so i want to i, I want to make some um 
sample guided imageries that I can put on my website. I'd also like to make some guided imageries for generic issues that I could sell through my website. And this has been a plan. I've, I've had this plan. It's been part of my business plan for over a year. And so there's, there's been a learning curve, you know, first of all, just to get the sound system up in the, for, you know, po being a guest on podcasts and for doing, um, for doing other like zoom things. So it was a big learning curve to get the microphone. I had to have somebody show me that the microphone had to be in a certain direction. It had to be facing a certain way. I mean, it was, it was a huge learning curve months and months. So I got through that and then I, so there was this opening and it was just last week, there was this opening in my schedule and I Thursday and Friday. And I said, I, I, I'm working on those sample guided imageries those days. And so Thursday comes, I had the whole work day in front of me. Esther Claire, I did not get to my desk until two 30. I just kept resisting it. And I, I took a nap before I got to my desk and I had a dream during the nap that showed me why I was resisting. And I, I had so much tenderness and appreciation and self empathy for that resistance. And so I was able, I got to my desk at two 30. I did a meditation. I, I don't know if you use divination cards or if people in your audience use divination cards. I, I did, I, I used a divination deck that I really like. I picked a card and it, the card was choice. So it's my choice. I was like, I was, I, the, the blockage was this old programming of fear. You know, I, like many, 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 many of us, I have lost my life so many times from telling the truth, from, from being, you know, from being who I am, basically, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so, you know, I, I have a bridge phobia and a, a friend, even at my age, I have a bridge phobia. And it's challenging because I live the Cincinnati connects to Covington, connects to Kentucky and there's a real interchange but I will not go into Kentucky because of the bridge and and I have a very dear friend and she said you have lost your life so many times by being pushed off a bridge so so these self-sabotage things come from imprints that we are clearing you know mm -hmm. so so I I have cleared and I'm in the process of continuing to clear the fear around more exposure through that guided imagery. Do you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. And that is finding the root cause of, of what uh, an issue could Ex be. So exactly, yeah. exactly. It so seems it's, to be. it's, it's not about blame or putting judgment. It's about accepting. There's a reason I'm not moving forward on this and I'm going to take the time and the space and get the resources, you know, maybe consult with somebody else or like I, I did a, I did a nap, I did a nap. I didn't, I didn't even ask for information in the nap. I, my question was just so strong and I kept asking so many times, how can I do this work or, you know, what's the blockage? And so the dream responded. 
you know, and it's magic. It's the magic of life. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. Some astrologers say that we are in the age of Pisces and some say, no, we're actually Aquarius. How do we know? What evidence is there that we are actually in Aquarius? Well, people can look it up. It's called The Great Year and it's historical and um, there's a chart. It's, it's, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, There's a chart online. I forget his name, but but if people look up the great year, they'll probably find the chart or other charts, and it goes back through the ages. Like I'm not sure of the of the dates, but like in the 1500s, that was the Iron Age, and we had a Bronze Age, and then we're you know the, the we 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 move through all these ages, and the we were most recently in the Piscean age for, for there. So the great year, the great year is 2,600 years and some years, and it breaks down to, um, to a, a, a little over 2000, 2000 years in an age. So we had the Piscean age and now we're, we're having the Aquarian age and people, some people say we're not into the Aquarian age until 2046 or something like that. But other people, myself included, feel like we've definitely entered into the Aquarian age. Some people think it started at two, 2000, but we're, you know, it changes afoot, you know, and the, the characteristics of the Piscean age were about duality. It was about, it was about, um, Christ consciousness, we had to, we, we had to go through an experience of living in duality so that we could get to our, to the point of our individuation so that we could get to the point of our sovereignty. And now, so the Piscean age is about Pisces, the sign Mm -hmm. of Pisces and, and cry it, it's, it, and there's it's really a a fine point but jesus christ i I, i'm not talking about religion but jesus christ was a leader he he um the parable of the loaves and the fishes he's connected to the symbol of fishes the piscean the, the sign pisces is about two fishes so that's the connection of jesus christ but there's something even more that christ represented and it's called the christos the christed body and that's bigger than than Jesus Christ. I mean, the Buddha, Muhammad, everybody is part of that Christos, that the 963 frequency is part of the Christos, the Christ consciousness. It's way above any, it's way, it's, it's a really high, as you know, with 963 frequency, you live it. It's, it's unconditional love. So that's, that's Christos. And in the Aquarian age, we're moving more into the Christos consciousness, into the Christed heart experience. Heart is everything. You know, my, mind, 
mind is limited mind is rational we cannot know certain things but if we tap into our heart there is no limit to what we can Mm -hmm. know and how we can be connected absolutely How, how is that present for you I'm a huge believer in heart and mind coherence. So I'm I'm a huge believer in that. I've always felt, I won't say I've always felt, I would do the breathing in meditation as a focus point, but <laughs> I never liked it. I felt as if it took a lot of energy to do the deep breathing and, and, and breathe out. And so sometimes I found that really draining. And people probably will be saying, oh, that's because you're doing it wrong. I preferred to focus on my heart. I felt as if it was easier. It took my mind off everything, everything. I felt as if when when people focus on breath, my mind was wandering, whereas if I focused on my heart and the sound that it was making, I could feel it beating and there was this rhythm that I can uh, that I always feel when I'm meditating and so it kind of it makes my body jolt or sometimes it goes into that counterclockwise type feeling and it feels good it feels as if there's shamanic people around me beating a drum so I've always resonated more with with heart and I've always seen it as the gateway to consciousness you know I think about even being a kid or seeing a kid that has a tantrum or gets really upset and they're, they're struggling to breathe and they can't speak and they can't focus yes, on their emotions absolutely. because they don't understand them yet absolutely. and everything, yeah. you know, their, their body tenses up. Yes. So in the, in the chest area, it seems to tighten yes. and they can't mm-hmm. breathe properly. So that sort of tells me that... Th- that heart air the heart area that the chest section of our body plays a massive part in our emotions oh. and mm-hmm. I feel as if emotions is consciousness so it's I I feel as if the, the the heart and brain work as one but I also feel as if the heart doesn't have ego the heart doesn't have an identity it doesn't use logic it just goes with it. We don't focus on the heart beating. We we get on with our day without paying attention to the heart beating. Whereas we think about what we're thinking about. The heart is the the secret key to unlocking and opening our mind, our intuition. Exactly. Yes. So Oriel, to close out the segment. Could you please give the listeners some universal advice? My feeling is that it all starts with self-love, Esther Claire, and that's a big ask for people to love themselves. It takes a lot of work and there's so many layers, but if people can be tender with themselves, if people can let go of judgment, um, just like in the example I gave where where it had to take a, a dream to reveal why I was stuck. You know, it's like we have all the information within us. We're on a timeline that our minds do not understand. You know, it's there's no... 
there's no set time that it should be done by that time. It doesn't work like that. So, so just being spacious within themselves, trusting that if they keep asking, if they keep showing up for themselves, the answers will be revealed. Brilliant. Love it. And, um, I just want to thank you so much for, for coming onto the show today. I, I think I, um, I was trying to, I just had that thought of who you might have been talking about with that quote that you said that we we're all spiritual beings. In, I, I thought maybe it was Nikola Tesla, but I think maybe it might might have been, it was either him or I think it's Chandran, that philosopher uh, Chandran. I, but anyway, sorry, yes, I just kind exactly, of sprung to exactly. mind. <laughs> yes, it is. It is Chandran. It is Chandran. Chandran. Yeah. And, and Tesla. Tesla might might have picked it up, but yeah, that's a good thing to remember that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks again and all the best. Thank you, Esther Claire. I'm very grateful. I wish you the best too. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. That concludes the conversation with Oriel Williams. So remember, people, have an open heart, have an open mind, live your life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.